This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. A second lawsuit challenging how Senate Bill 442 was handled by Governor Greg Gianforti and the Montana Secretary of State Christy Jacobson has been filed in Lewis and Clark District Court. Wild Montana and the Montana Wildlife Federation filed the suit. It's been assigned to Judge Mike Menahan. It asked the court to order Gianforte to return the veto and SB 442 to Jacobson, who will then poll lawmakers on a possible override. SB 442 enjoyed widespread bipartisan support. The bill made changes in the way taxes are collected from Montana's recreational marijuana, notably changing funding to allow more cash to go to counties for road maintenance. The lawsuit also raises questions about the timing of the veto and the rapid speed with which SB 442 flew through the process. Noah Marion is state policy director for Wild Montana. He says, quote, Montanans are disappointed in Governor Greg Gianforte's veto of SB 442, a wildly popular bipartisan bill that made historic investments in conservation, public access, and rural infrastructure. More importantly, it's the governor's duty to play by the rules. The governor can't obstruct the legislature's authority with procedural trickery. SB 442 passed with 130 of a possible 150 votes in the legislature. Only 100 are required for an override. The bill had supporters from both minority Democrats and supermajority Republicans and diverse interest groups such as outdoor conservationists and county governments. With the Montana House of Representatives still in session on May 2nd, the Senate adjourned sine die, or permanently. Sometime during the afternoon, with the House still in session and after the Senate adjourned, Gianforti vetoed the bill. Normally, a veto is read to lawmakers, according to law, who then decide whether to attempt an override. No veto statement was ever read according to the lawsuit. Secretary of State Jacobson maintains she does not have the veto and therefore cannot poll the members. Furthermore, her office told the Daily Montanan on Wednesday that her role in the process is ministerial, meaning she only facilitates the poll but doesn't decide when it happens. According to joint legislature rules, when a veto happens and the legislature is out of session, if a supermajority voted in favor of the measure, the Secretary of State's office sends out a poll to lawmakers. In this case, however, it's unclear whether the legislature was in session or not. In the lawsuit, attorneys who represent the wildlife groups outline the benefits the state of Montana has seen by purchasing new conservation lands. Smoke from more than 100 wildfires burning across Canada has been rolling into North American cities far from the flames. New York City and Detroit were both listed among the five most polluted cities in the world because of the fires as of yesterday. The smoke has triggered air quality alerts in several states. Chris Migliaccio, 
a toxicologist with the University of Montana, studies the impact of wildfire smoke on human health. He says when we talk about air quality, we talk about PM 2.5. That's particulate matter, 2.5 microns or smaller. That's small enough to travel deep into the lungs. Exposure to PM 2.5 from smoke or other air pollution, such as vehicle emissions, can exacerbate health conditions like asthma and reduce lung function in ways that can worsen respiratory problems and even heart disease. Researchers are also studying potential effects on the brain and nervous system from inhaled particulate matter. The longer the smoke is in the atmosphere, the more chemistry will be altered by ultraviolet light. Studies with residents at Seeley Lake in Montana who were exposed to hazardous levels of PM 2.5 from wildfire smoke for 49 days in 2017 found a decrease in lung function a year later. Montana Democrats have chastised Governor Greg Gianforti for having dragged his feet last year in accepting federal pandemic electronic benefit transfer program dollars and called on him to accept this year's funds, although a health department spokesman says the agency isn't going to apply. Quote, what's the governor waiting for? That's Sheila Hogan, executive director of the Montana Democratic Party. He's leaving $10 million in federal funding on the table and letting Montana kids go hungry. The Montana Food Bank Network and 40 other groups have called on the governor to pursue the money, which was expected to support 73,000 children. Last week, the health department said the processes and rules for supervising the program were difficult and posed, quote, a significant administrative burden on what was meant to be a temporary program. The temporary program first started as a pilot in 1968 and became a standalone in 1975. That's according to the Office of Public Instruction. Montana's mountain snowpack has nearly melted already, setting up a dire forecast of below-normal water supplies for rivers across the region. Quote, if it seems to you like the snow disappeared quickly this spring, you're not wrong. That's Eric Lawson, USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service water supply specialist. He said that in a press release on Thursday. According to Larson, Warmer-than-normal temperatures in May resulted in rapid snowmelt. Weather stations across Montana melted out 10 to 20 days earlier than normal. During the first several days of May, and again mid-month, high mountain elevations in Montana reached 70 degrees. Outside of those dates, daily average temperatures were closer to normal, but still warmer than normal. The snowpack totally melted out at Noisy Basin in the Swan Mountains on June 6th. There were more than 80 inches of snow on the ground at the Snowtel Station at the beginning of May. The snowpack on Flat Top Mountain in Glacier National Park is all but gone as well, with just two inches on the ground. Typically, that site holds snowpack well into July. 
About 70% of the NRCS snow monitoring stations measured on June 1st are snow-free. For many, this is an earlier-than-normal meltout. Larson added snowpack percentages dropped from near normal or above normal to less than 50% of normal in all Montana basins since May 1st. Energy Keepers is the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribe Corporation that oversees the SKQ Dam in Polson at the top of Flathead Lake. It has warned that lake sagging is a possibility over the summer as the water supply dwindles. Quote, pretty much all snow has melted in the Flathead River Basin above Flathead Lake. That's Energy Keepers officials in a press release. The lake level could drop by as much as 12 inches over the summer in order to maintain minimum flows in the lower Flathead River. The U.S. Drought Monitor indicates Flathead County is in a moderate to severe drought, the worst condition in the state. Another drier-than-normal area extends from the northern Kootenai to the St. Mary River Basin. It had already seen below-normal snowpack and saw further decreases last month. Active snowmelt began over a month ago at all elevations in Montana. Mountain locations that held more snow than normal released a substantial amount of water last month, and some rivers reported near-record monthly stream flows. Rivers near Missoula, Butte, Helena, Bozeman, White Sulphur Springs, and Billings experienced total monthly stream flows in May that were in the 80th percentile or higher. A rafting guide was injured in a bear attack on Wednesday morning while camping in the middle fork of the Flathead River. According to state wildlife officials, the bear encounter occurred at approximately 6 a.m. near Nyack on the southwest side of Glacier National Park. The victim was treated for non-life-threatening injuries at Locana Hospital in Whitefish. Officials say a commercial raft company was on a guided overnight trip with two guides and three clients when the bear entered their camp. The victim, an adult female guide, said she was sleeping outside on the ground when she sustained injuries from what was believed to be a black bear. Bear spray was deployed, but the bear returned multiple times to the camp anyway. Wildlife officials note that the majority of human-bear conflicts involve bears protecting their young or a food source. Another incident of tourists acting improperly around wildlife was announced Thursday, this time in the Grand Teton National Park, where officials are seeking help tracking down two individuals. On Sunday, June 4th at approximately 1 a.m., Two individuals were seen approaching and touching a bison calf at the southern end of Elk Ranch Flats in the park. Contact with people can cause wildlife to reject their offspring. In this case, the calf was successfully reunited with its herd, but in Yellowstone National Park a few weeks ago, a bison calf had to be euthanized after a man pulled it out of the Lamar River. The man was caught and find. If you need to hear this report again, 
Please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in now 50 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations on 31 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.